Welcome. Welcome to another Velawood podcast. Very excited to have you along. I'm Kevin. With me today is my partner in the Austin office, Radney Wood. Rad, hello. Hello, Kev. How you doing? Good, man. And then we have an associate of the Dallas office, Blake Hart. Blake, how you doing? Doing good. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Rad. Hey, Blake. So, guys, we are excited to be launching a new podcast called Vegan Juice. This will be focusing on sports betting and gambling. I want to let you guys know that Blake's been researching the podcast, prepping for the podcast. Blake, what did you do last weekend to prep for the podcast? I'm a little bit of an overachiever, so I, you know, I, I had to get my way out to to Vegas and do a little bit of on the ground ground research. And now, you were doing. You at, we're doing table games and sports betting out in Vegas? Yes. Now, let's be very clear. It's legal to do that it in is. Las Vegas. That's, that's why I went. It is not legal to do either one of those things here in Texas. I decided not to go across okay. the tracks. Okay. <laughs> that's smart. Um, now, there are carve-outs for things like parimutuel-based uh, betting, which would be horse racing and stuff. We'll talk about that down the road. But anyway, so Blake was out in Vegas last weekend. Seems to be about a once-a-month occurrence for you, so we really appreciate your dedication to the show. The name of this show is Vig and Juice. We named it Vig and Juice because those terms have very specific meanings in the gambling vernacular. Blake, why don't you explain to our audience what Vig and Juice, or excuse me, what Vig means and what Juice means? My understanding is that Vig and Juice is pretty much where the casino or sports book is going to make their commission per se or their money off of a sports bet. So pretty much you can have a line that's three, and so it's minus three for one side plus three for the other side, and both of those are going to be minus 110 is, is the standard. So this, the sports book is going to make 10 bucks for every $100. That right. Minus is. 110 means you have to lay out $110 to win 100 and Correct. that $10 spread is the VIG. What does the word VIG come from? Uh, I believe vigorish. Vigorish. Vigorish is a Russian term, which means winning. winning. There we go. Your winnings. So Vigorish has been shortened down to Vig. It's also called the juice, also called the take, also called the cut. People have different terms for it, but that's where the bookie or the casino or the sports book make their money. I don't know if you go to a sports book and you call behind the guy behind the counter a bookie. <laughs> no, he probably doesn't like that. He probably doesn't like that. Bookie's the guy around the, at the office, not at this office, but at other offices I've heard that is taking bets on the side. Probably shouldn't be if you're in a state where it's not allowed, but we're going to go through that. So the format of the show is going to be a history and examination of sports betting from the beginning of time until today in the United States. There's been a ton of activity about sports betting or on sports betting over the past 30 years and really in the last 10 months. So we're going to have lots to talk about. I imagine that we'll spend entire episodes on just one law or regulation. I really want to drill in on PASPA and the Wire Act and you know UEGA and talk about what were the inputs, what were the motives, what were the effects of those things. I'm not sure how many episodes we're going to have. Hopefully, this thing will just go on forever. We'll just talk about sports betting and gambling for a long time. We'll let the listeners let us know when we're done. Now, the focus of the podcast, like I said, is going to be sports betting, but we really can't talk about the history of sports betting without talking about gambling, right? Sports betting came out of gambling. So based on the research that I've done, I think that gambling emanated from Greek mythology. Did you guys see this story about Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades? They split the universe through a game of lots, is what they've said. So Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades, after one of them killed their father, I can't remember, I think it was Poseidon, one of them killed their father. And so now they had the whole universe, right? And they're going to split the heavens, hell, and the sea. 
between the three of them. Depending on different sources, and by sources I mean Google searches, but depending on what sources you go to, some of them say that they drew straws, which doesn't really seem like gambling. If so, my kids are gambling a lot. But um, other ones said that they casted lots, which people interpret as throwing dice. I don't really think they were throwing dice. I do think they were drawing straws, but a lot of the sources I reviewed said that that was really the very beginning of gambling, and uh, Hades drew the worst, the, the short straw, right? Hades got hell. Zeus grew, drew the longest straw, so Zeus got the heavens, and then Poseidon got the sea, was given the sea. I think this is a good opportunity to define gambling, right? Sure. So it has three factors, essentially. You have consideration, chance element, and then a prize. In this instance, they weren't really gambling because there was no consideration given, right? They had, well... What are they putting up? I mean, I guess all of them, I guess the consideration could be that they all have value. They had something to lose. Something to lose, right? right. They're putting up their own share. I guess that's it. So your kids are gambling if they're putting something okay, in. Okay, so this is a straws. good point. And this is what we want to do in this thing is really dive in on the legalities of it. So let's do that one more time, Rad. What are the three elements of gambling? What defines gambling? So gambling is defined uh, as having three elements. So that is consideration, putting something up of value at risk. Chance, that's be a chance element, which means that you don't control that outcome. Right. So spelling bee is not gambling. Exactly. Right? There's no chance there. No chance. It's just skill based. Right. You know, you either get the, the word right or you get it wrong. And then the, the last element that's required is a prize. You need to have s- some sort of reward. I think that where we're going with this consideration, though, if you really think about it, we're, we're I think, mistaking the prize for consideration because I don't think there is consideration because you have to actually, if you go to contract law, it has to be yours for it to be consideration. So, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting factor here. If the three of them were left the property by their father and then now they're deciding how it's going to be split up, then they have value in what that property yeah. is. So that's a consideration. So we need to check the will. So Yeah, if there is no will, right, and you say, oh, I get one-third of everything, but you're like, well, there's different values here between the properties, you're, you're implicitly giving up rights to something the one-third to everything, right? So I don't get one-third of heaven anymore. I'm Hades. I'm just going to get hell because I picked the wrong one. So Hades gave up his right to a third of heaven, per se. If we go into the break room and there's one cookie left, and I say, Rad, I'll roll a dice for Let's draw cards for mm-hmm. the cookie, right? And if you draw a king and I draw a jack, so you have a higher card than me, I guess that's not gambling because there's no consideration. No consideration, there, right? yeah. That's a, that's a promotion or a... Um, that's just bad luck on my part. Yeah, exactly. For a long time, it was gambling for keeps, so... That's right. That's right. People used to say that, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is Greek mythology. If they were just drawing straws, I don't know that that would be considered gambling. Rad has gone through the process here of defining gambling, and that does not meet gambling, so I'm going to send a bunch of emails to a bunch of websites after we get out of this (laughs) No, no, I think they're gambling. No, but I thought we just established that they didn't have property rights. No, they did. So think of it this way. They may have antestasy rights. Yeah. I mean, if the idea was that they were splitting this up, they need to know how they split it up because they all own one third of 100%. Got it. But there's different values there. Then the fact that Hades was was willing Willing. to say, yeah, I'm going to – my one third of heaven, I'm going to put up with the chance of giving 100% of heaven. Then then there's consideration. That makes sense. So they could have gone to a judge and the judge would have split heaven three ways, the sea three ways – and hell three ways, correct? Right, and then they each would have gotten a third of that. But instead, they said, "You know what? We'll just go. I'll take all of one. You take all of one, and mm-hmm. the third guy takes now all." Now, if we, if you want to get like super into it, though, could you really split heaven, hell, and the sea three ways? I mean, are you going to be able to? Well, do- I think what you do there is you liquidate good, with a, with a, it. With a, yeah, with a good attorney, I think <laughs> you, you could do it. You liquidate <laughs> it, and then you split the proceeds, the cash proceeds. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. 
<laughs> okay, so we have established that assuming that they had all had equal share to each of those three parts of the universe, then that was gambling. And Greek gods were illicit gamblers. That's right. <laughs> okay. Now, then the, the next thing I saw is that we have evidence from around 2300 BC that the Chinese had invented the game of chance using tiles. And then we have more evidence that later Greek soldiers started to flip from tiles to dice games, even though in ancient Greece, and then the research I saw also said the same thing in ancient Rome, that gambling was outlawed for the same reason that's outlawed today, right? Which I think is really interesting. It was outlawed because they thought it was a distraction from what was people should morally be spending their time with. People were losing money and there was a cost there to the society Right, because you have these degenerates who can no longer afford their houses or afford to care for their families because they're losing their money gambling. And then I had read some some literature that suggested that there was thievery or trickery or you know not a lot of honesty going on in ancient Greek gambling. I don't know if that's surprising to anyone. <laughs> I mean, you know, what did you guys uncover when you're looking into the history of gambling? Kind of, kind of to your point, it's it's been around since time immemorable in many different ways. You know, one of the, one of the things that I wanted to look into is the relationship between religion and gambling. You know, why do why do religions oppose it? I think a lot of the same factors you just brought up kind of play on that role that, you know, somehow this is immoral. But I think that morality goes back to one, what do you want people spending their time on for the betterment of society? Number two, not a lot of people get up in the morning and, you know, when they're a little kid and be like, you know what I really want to do? I want to run a gambling scheme, right? Like you, you want to be a doctor, maybe a lawyer, a professional athlete, maybe throwing out there a little bit, but it doesn't maybe attract those people that are trying to better society. And so a lot of what I read is one of the reasons that gambling goes back from being like outlawed to becoming legal and then outlawed again is that there are all these kind of tangential issues, like the people that are around there. Like there's a bunch of other crime going around in those, those areas as well. But it's been going on since human beings have, have had the ability to draw straws or, or roll dice, essentially. I don't think anyone's going to contest that religion has probably had a huge influence on outlawing gambling. I think religion's obviously had a huge influence on just how culture has evolved, right? How societies have evolved separately or, or maybe similarly. So we all know that religion played a huge influence in ancient Rome. So perhaps, you know, religion was pushing gambling towards the outskirts or more towards illegality. I wonder about Greece, because I always thought of Greece as a ancient Greece, what I know is a society of very liberal free thinkers, very self self-exploration. And I try to drill in on it and without buying, you know, some exorbitant or some very expensive encyclopedias of gambling, I couldn't really figure out why it was outlawed in Greece other than it just was. Mm-hmm. And I think we're just left to the assumptions that we can make about why it's been outlawed all at all other times. And this is what we're gonna really get into later. I don't know what the argument is that how gambling improves a society. <laughs> I'd like to be able to get to that argument because I think that's where America is going. And obviously, you know, gambling's huge in the UK and they've been able to deal with it. So I don't know if it's necessarily that improve the society or the culture just becomes accepting of it and it's more of we'll let people deal with things themselves. Mm-hmm. Right? One it's thing like, I've noticed throughout the research is there's been the back and forth of it being illegal, legal, you know, taken back, kind of in all all facets of gambling, whether it's dice or horses or sports is that when it when it comes back and the you know society's more accepting per se or or at least the government is it's when they need it and they're gonna be collecting taxes off of it or funding wars or funding schools or yeah you know, I mean it's it's played a huge part in 
public and private development of America, but also other, other countries. I totally agree with that. And I know we'll get into that because I was surprised to learn how many of our top universities were funded by mm-hmm. state lotteries. Mm-hmm. Right. But let's talk about sports betting for a sec. So I think the earliest sports betting is just whatever we've seen on Gladiator when people are in the stands, right, betting, or in <laughs> yeah. Star Wars, which I think is Star Wars is somewhat of an anthem of our of our history. You know, that's not real, right? It's, <laughs> we're going to have to do a new podcast uh, <laughs> when people are you know gambling in the in the uh, stands during the races. You know, we obviously don't have any hard evidence of this, but it would make sense that people were gambling during chariot races, were gambling during um, or, or, or betting during uh, Gladiator fights and things like that. So let's talk a little bit about that transaction and why that transaction has largely stayed the same, right? So let's get back to, Rad, your three elements of gambling, which is there must be consideration, there must be an element of chance, and then there must be a um, prize. Mm-hmm. One. So if you and I are in Rome 2,000 years ago and we are sitting watching a chariot race and I say, I'm going to bet on this guy, I'll bet you five Roman shekels. What is the currency of ancient Rome? Does anyone know? <laughs> I'll let you five Roman coins. Uh, this guy's going to win. You take the other guy. That obviously meets all three elements. And in our mind, there's an element of chance there, right? Because mm-hmm. we don't know anything about it. Now, that's not to say that those guys hadn't predetermined who was going to win in that Roman, char- Roman chariot racing wasn't the WWE. Yeah. Of... But that might just be fraud at that point. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So that's different yeah. from, from gambling. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much the exact same thing that happens today, mm-hmm. right? So from that aspect... I think sports betting, while you have very exotic bets, and I know that Blake was taking advantage of some of those over the weekend, a a few parlays, it sounds like you hit. (laughs) While you have that now, the notion of watching a sporting event and two people either directly betting, in which case there is no VIG, there is no juice, right? Because if I Mm -hmm. bet five Roman coins against your five Roman coins, we're not paying anything. Or if Blake says, I'm taking bets on this, if you pay me six Roman coins and you win, I'll pay you five, Mm -hmm. right? I just want to clarify, I've never said that. (laughs) (laughs) If someone named Blake who lived in ancient Rome had said this, and I give her my six and Rad gives her six, and then afterwards if Rad wins, she's going to give Rad his his six that he wagered plus five, five, and she's going to keep my one, right? Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the VIG. So I think it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's neat. It's almost nostalgic to think that that part of it has never changed and that goes into a, more of a, a love for sport or a love for competition. People just enjoy the competition and then they enjoy being right. Yeah. Isn't that what gambling is really about? I think it's huge. I think that's such a big part. I, I think back to 1990, actually January or February 91, I'm 10 years old still and the Buffalo Bills are playing the New York Giants in the Super Bowl and I grew up in a town in upstate New York that was pretty much in the middle of the state. I think if you if you Google mapped it, when I did this when I was in my 20s and I got in a dispute, we were one mile closer to Ralph Wilson Stadium than to Giants Stadium. Okay. So my hometown was basically split down the middle with Bills and, and Giants fans. And Timmy Howard and Josh Maxwell were diehard Giants fans. And Those sound like made-up names to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I had the uh, unfortunate upbringing of having a father who was a Bills fan so that I had, you know, threw my lot in with them. And I bet a quarter each. Probably the, one of the only sports bets I've ever made in my life. Uh, and I lost. And... I want. I made that bet because I w- wanted to be right. I, I thought the Bills were better, and I had such an. And that's another part of it. I had such an identity with the Bills. It's the fir- my first sports love, right? It was like ten years old, and I wanted to play football, and so I, I was all in. I wanted to be right. Now I actually didn't have enough money to pay them back, and and Josh Maxwell, very. Uh, it was such a close game. If people remember twenty to nineteen. 
and so Josh, you know, very cordially said you don't have to pay me, but Timmy, Timmy required the the quarter, and I had to so I had to find a way to pay him back. Sounds like Josh is a nice guy. That was Bill Parcells with the Giants coach, yeah. Otis Anderson Otis was the Anderson, running back. Man, right? That was Jim Kelly's first year, yep. first of four first straight Super Bowls. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Because then the Cowboys beat him in their last one. Last no, no, two. their last two. Yeah. Right, ninety three and ninety four. So I think a lot of people, they do it just because they want to be right. And they like that feeling of it. And again, that's part of sports or part of cheering from for your hometown chariot racer or mm-hmm. you know the gladiator who grew up in your hood or whatever it is. So sports betting obviously have, has its origins in gambling because it is gambling. But sports betting is much more exotic today. There's a ton of things that you can do with it. And sports betting is very closely regulated. Sometimes gambling and sports betting are regulated the same. Right, like Texas is pretty clear. There's just none of that, but other states that have casinos, Nevada, obviously, New Jersey, a lot of states are moving down the line to add these things. You know, you've got a lot of you got casinos, Mississippi. Obviously, all your Indian reservations have carve outs for casinos. Texas actually does have one riverboat, hmm. right outside of Lake, one of the lakes down near Houston. Um, I don't think it's that desirable of a riverboat, but they've got this kind of. I think a nation, some Indian nation. I'll, I'll firm up on that next time we talk about it. There's some it. pretty interesting history on riverboat gambling. Is there? Yeah. Have you? Did you come across? Any I haven't of that? looked into it, but good. Then we'll get into that. Yeah, it's very easy to swindle people on riverboats because you just get off and <laughs> get on another one, or other people would get on. So. Okay. So, before we really get into you know the meat of this thing, which will be sports betting, what I what I uncovered in my research is that casinos came around sometime, they think, in the 14, 15, 1600s, right? I found somewhere that said the actual first known casino was somewhere in Rome. Yeah, the Rodoto started operating in Venice, Italy, is what my note said, in 1638. So in Casablanca, which you know came out, I don't know, the 30s or 40s or whatnot, they're in a casino in Casablanca, Morocco, right, Rodney? Mm-hmm. And it's not that different from a casino today, right? Which makes me think that while some of the games might be getting a little bit, a little different, probably not that different, you know, hundreds of years ago. I always like in the movies when you see them, the fictional casinos in a Star Wars or something. Again, they're playing totally different games, but it's not that different that you see because there's a lot of players around the table. You've got some people who are participating, some people who are cheering. There's always some creepy people in the corner just kind of drinking and looking like they're about to take advantage of something, right? So that that stuff all seems to be the same, but looks like casinos probably got going four or 500 years ago, and then obviously they've evolved to a you know, multi, multi, multi-billion dollar industry where they are today. So what I'd like to do, guys, is I'd like to end this one, and we're going to pick up another one here in a couple of days when the focus is really going to be when was the first sports betting really taking place in the United States, Right. A lot of this seems to be it was in the early 1900s, but I want to go back a little bit and see if we can find a lot of records or research about that. And I think we'll move pretty quickly through sports betting, sports betting in the United States until we probably get to the Wire Act, mm-hmm. right? And I think the Wire Act will probably be its own episode, and then we can talk about PASPA, and then we can talk about UIGEA, and we can talk about, you know, kind of get to where we are today. So with that, you guys have any closing thoughts? Small story from from what I was reading, and it, and it goes with what Blake mentioned earlier, which was that gambling tends to be legal when it benefits the government or the authority in power, right? So one thing that, that we touched on but is really big is that gambling, it has waves, and we're going through a wave right now in which it's going to be legalized, but 
if I'm a betting man, uh, it's going to be illegal again in 30 to 50 years. It's just how this thing works. And and when you look back at our, our own country, right, one of the interesting things that I didn't know was that all 13 original colonies uh, had lotteries and they used those lotteries to fund the Revolutionary War, which is, you know, kind of ironic for uh, poor old Britain because they brought over the lottery system here from their own lottery system they had back there to, to raise money. And then we use that to defeat them. To defeat them. So, But the lottery, again, hits the three elements, right? Yep, there's totally. Con- there's consideration, consideration, there's a dollar, there's an element of chance, chance it's just a random number that you win a prize. prize. It's, it's, yeah. the, it's the most perfect version of gambling. And uh, to finish it off, I, I wanted to bet you guys that you couldn't name all 13 original colonies. So $20... And this actually isn't gambling because this is a game of skill. There's like an actual answer here. Okay, well, we'll, we'll start in the Northeast. We'll go New York, Delaware. Okay, New York, Delaware. Uh, North Carolina. North Carolina. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. South Carolina. South Carolina. Uh, let's see here. I don't think Virginia. Virginia for sure. Virginia. I don't think Maine was one there. Um, New Jersey. New Jersey. Let's see. Rhode Island. Rhode Island, correct. There you go. Good. Uh, I'm going to throw in New Hampshire. Yep. I guess it's up there. 100%. We already said Delaware, right? Mm-hmm. We said Virginia. Connect- Connecticut wasn't? Do we say Connecticut? Connecticut was, oh, correct. Okay. So we're at nine. I don't know. We ha- we got to go a little further west, Blake. I don't think you go west, man. No? This Maryland? Is the 13 original. Maryland, correct. Maryland is up there. And right, we already said North Carolina, South Carolina, right? Yep. What's south of There's nothing south of South Carolina. Could it be? The entire state of Georgia is very upset with you right now. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have known that Georgia was a it is. Co- oh, yeah. first colony. So we yeah. had a 10 or 11. You're at 12 now. Oh, we're missing one. Yeah. Someone up in the Northeast. We said Maine. West Virginia? Oh, West no. Virginia. No. West Virginia was a part of Virginia. Okay. Vermont was a part of New York. Ah, Maine okay. was not yet Maine, a colony. Okay. We said uh, Connecticut. We said Delaware. We said... It's right in that area. You're just missing it right now. We said Massachusetts. We said... Pennsylvania. 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 Nice. I don't think we're going to get Georgia. So, Blake, you can pay Rod. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. The next one should be coming in another week or two. Hopefully, you'll stick with us. This is Vic and Juice, going to be a show about the legalities of gambling and sports betting. Thank you.